amazing thing about Jesus is he, 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 he knew all things because he, he was omniscient and all of that. And, and he knew that there were people in his midst, who, midst who, would, who would never listen to him. But one thing, this is the thing that Jesus knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. He knew something else. He knew that if he just kept sowing and, 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 and preaching and ministering, the word of God that, that, that it would bear fruit in some of their lives. Yes. And he knew that uh, some of the soil of their hearts would be fertile, that there would be those in the midst who would be craving and, 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 and desiring the truth of life and eternity and who wanted to know about eternal life. And, 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 and Jesus was heartened by that because uh, he knew they were the ones who would hear and receive and, and bring forth fruit in their lives. That's one of the main reasons why Jesus continued in his ministry. Because he knew that there would be people who would bear fruit in their lives. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us today that, you know, uh, as we continue to minister the word of God and knowing that, 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 that it is bearing fruit in the lives of people and we've we've had encounters with people and and people that we are just were are casual acquaintances with and people whom we've known down through the years and and there has been such a demand on us for prayer uh in in, in, in praying and ministering to people outside of these four walls in in, in in times when you would think it would not be necessary to do that and so pastor Dora and i have learned to be even more ready now to give an answer of the hope that lies within us for everyone who would come to us in that regard. So we always have to be ready because we don't know when we're going to be called on to do, as, as, as Mother Weddington used to say, judgment work. That's so important for us. So that means that our hearts uh, have to be conditioned right. We have to be determined that we're going to love God and we're going to love all of our neighbors and, and that we're going to be responsible people. We're not going to be unresponsive and closed mind because when we are unresponsive and closed mind to the things of God, uh, then we are going to limit the things that God wants to do for us in every area of our lives. Here's one point for us today, and I, I, and I want you to understand this. And the point is that God holds each and every one of us responsible for the condition of our hearts, people of God, and for how he responds and how we respond to his word, his promptings, his direction in every area of our lives. Because all of that has to line up with his plan for our lives. But even so, saints of God are, are, are not uh, on board with being in line with God's will and God's plan and God's purpose for their lives. Sadly to say that. Hallelujah. So many are just so hung up on the cares of this world and it's easy to let the cares of this world, uh, uh, meaning the, as the Bible says, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust and desires of other things and uh, the cares of this world that will enter into our hearts and minds and our lives and will actually choke out the word of God. So whenever the seed, which is the word of God, is planted in the ground and or the soil of our hearts, it has the potential to produce for us a 100-fold. 
So if ever we want the 100-fold return, and as we say, a minimum of a 100-fold return on everything that we do, because we are kingdom-minded people, then we have to make sure that our hearts are right with God. If our hearts are right with God, and we don't allow the cares of this world to invade us and stop our progress in God, we will produce a 100-fold return. A seed is so important. The seed, the seed of the word of God. Seed, if you are a farmer, uh, if you, if you uh, delve in you know, agriculture to any degree at all, you know the seed is very important because all seeds should produce a harvest. But here's the thing, the, but the seed doesn't determine how much is produced. It's the ground that determines how much is produced. So if we have so many things in our lives and if we, we allow the cares of this life and the cares of this world and, and all of those things that I just mentioned to you, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things to enter into our hearts and choke God's word, Again, then we limit, people of God, what God can do in our lives. That's why, I mean, this scripture this morning from Psalm chapter 6, verse 10 is so important for us. And again, we're just going to look at the A portion of that. Be still and know that I am God. That is such a key point for us in our lives as children of the Most High God. Because we can't really understand the greatness of God without being still and shutting all of that noise, that background noise out of our lives. Uh, when I worked in electrical construction, uh, one of the things that we would do in a lot of the office buildings in which we work, uh, was was we would we would put devices in in in, in a lot of the office buildings and in, in where they had you know open areas and cubicles and where you know the workers worked in, in in different areas and they had we had these little round boxes and it just looked like a little round box that hung in the ceiling above the uh, above the ceiling and they were called hushers, yeah they were hushers. And what they would do, believe it or not, uh, and I don't know all of the, the intricacies of that because they were all sealed, closed, sealed units. And it was our job to just install them and bring power to them. And these husher devices would, 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 would block out a lot of the, the background noise that was in the room. But it was so amazing because you could not hear them. But they were really broadcasting, and I think we as people of God, if I, if I could get some of those today, I would install one of those in each of our hearts, in each of our minds today, one of those hushers that would allow us to be able to block out all of those distractions, you know, those, that, that, that white noise and all of that background noise and everything else that the enemy would send our way so that we can't have a clear connection and hear clearly from our Heavenly Father God. So we've got to shut out the things of this world. We've got to shut out and close the door on the cares of this world. Because when we do that, it's our job to, to be quiet and to let God speak to each and every one of us. 
And you've heard it before. He does speak all the time. He's always broadcasting and he never broadcasts in a blind. He broadcasts and speaks to us specifically, not in vague impressions, but in clear, precise, minute details of the things that he wants us to do in our lives. The fate of each and every one of us as children of God, it depends on how we receive the word of God and how well it grows and how we hear the word of God. Let me give an example of that. So we're all here today. We're here today and we're hearing this message. We're hearing the word of God. You're present. Nobody like that is now. What I'm going to say next is no one like that here today, but there could be somebody that's listening, you know, by SoundCloud, listening by audio. There could be someone that's look, uh, watching the broadcast on Vimeo or on our, words for, um, on our uh, Rayma TV broadcast as well. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you're present here today. You're listening today. You're watching today. But you could be off to the side. And you could be out of the way and, 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 and not involved. One of the things that really tells me a lot about people when they come into church or when they come into sanctuary is where they sit. You know, some will come in and just kind of tenuously or haphazardly plop and sit in the back. And then there are the others who come and sit in the front. And, and, you know, and it's, always been my, it's always been my mindset that they sit close to the front. Because when you sit close to the front, that's where the fire is the hottest. That's where you get the warmest. That's where you get all the benefits. We used to have in the old church, and in the sanctuary, there was a, a, a unit that hung on the wall. It was a gas fire unit that hung on the wall. And, and all of the deacons, and, and we would sit on the front row, and, you know, there would be, and we had some big deacons at the church, you know, and, and we would sit on the front row, and behind, behind us would be the church mothers. And I would hear them grumbling all the time about that because that heater would come on and it would fire up and it would go and it sound like a jet engine firing up and on. And it would start, it would start blowing out that heat and all those deacons. And we were all up on the front row up there. And the church mothers, they would sit in the back and say, they got all the old big men up there sucking up all the heat. We can't get any heat and it's cold back here and all. You know, well, move to the front row. Hallelujah. Get up there and sit on the mothers along the side up there. Sit up there with them. Not my fault, you know, because you can't get warm. So some things are important for us to do. Don't sit on the side. Out of the way. And not be involved. Be involved. The person that lets his or her mind wander and thinks little and involves themselves they don't get anything when it comes to the word of God. It's amazing. You say, well, I didn't get anything out of the word. What? You have got to be kidding. Were you not hearing? Were you not understanding? Were you devoid of understanding? Got to be a problem here. So if we're too busy and have too much going on in the background of our lives, we'll limit our ability to hear God and we'll miss what he's telling us to do. Go to 1 Kings. No, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 13 verse, and that is the 
familiar passage of scripture for us, and then we'll come back and go to 1 Kings chapter 19. Numbers, in Numbers chapter 13, and Numbers chapter 14, all right, <clears throat> here we are. Uh, let me talk about Numbers 13, 33. And there were giants, the sons of Anak, which come to the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. And then in Numbers chapter 14, 5 through 9, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an, is an exceeding good land. Mm. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us unto this land and give it to us. The land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Let me say that again. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Yes. 1 Samuel chapter 17 uh, in verses uh, 1 through, through, through 58, and we're not going to read all of that. But the armies of the Israelites and, and, and the Philistines were preparing to do battle against one another. The giant, uh, uh, Goliath, was, was the Philistines. He was the mo their most famous and mightiest man of war. His resume said that he was undefeated in battle. And all of Israel was afraid of him because they could only see the facts. Now, what we read here in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, in Numbers chapter 14, verses 5 through 9, there were people in their midst, the Israelites, who could only, some of them only saw the facts. So when they were preparing to fight the Philistines, they got afraid. All of them were afraid except one person, one person. And that was a young boy by the name of David. David was the only Israelite who could see the truth. Everybody else saw the facts. Facts are undeniable people of God. You would agree with that. But if you allow the facts to dictate your faith walk, then you're going to limit what God wants to do for you in your life. You can't always go by the facts. Yeah, some of them can only see the facts. And because they were only seeing the facts, they saw the wrong things. They saw that, man, this was this super, super humongous giant who was intimidating to look at. You know, and the Bible gives us a description of his, gives us a physical description of what he looked like and, and, and all of that. And just to be able to, to, to look at giants. But it has always been in my life, the fact that, and I was always taught and have come to know that the bigger they are, the harder they fall. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 24. 25, it tells us that, that David, this shepherd boy, this young shepherd boy, David was the one who could see the truth. 
And I want to tell you this morning, people of God, that truth always wins. Truth always trumps the facts. So if truth always wins, then you need to put your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. My question to you today then, are you looking at truth or are you looking at facts? Are you looking at facts or are you looking at truth? Are you looking at the facts and allowing the truth to discern what those facts are and determine whether the facts are positive or negative? Are they of God or are they not of God? Question today, your consideration is, what are you seeing today? What are you seeing when it comes to the facts? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse two says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and verse 12. Now Elijah the prophet, he was a mighty man of God who was used by the Lord in a wonderful way during his lifetime. But although he was a mighty man of God who was used by the Lord in a wonderful way, in a powerful way in his lifetime, he also allowed some circumstances in his life to cripple him. Not physically cripple him, but to stun his growth in God. Some of those circumstances was he was more in tune and intimidated by what he saw. And it's always dangerous, people of God, when you start looking at things instead of looking to Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Verse 11, 1 Kings chapter 19. And he, meaning God, said to Elijah, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. Woo. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. And, and, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Mm. So while Elijah stood in that cave there in that place called Mount Horeb, the Lord passed by. You see, it's, it's interesting here because it, it said the Lord passed by while Elijah was in the cave. I think there's a lesson for us. As long as you are in that cave of self-doubt, as long as you are in that cave of uncertainty in your life, when God passes by, you're going to miss him. If you were in that cave of uncertainty or unbelief, in that mindset of limiting God, when he passes by, you're never going to receive what he has for you. So again, the Bible says that first there was a great strong wind that rent the mountain, then an earthquake that shook the mountain to its foundation. And again, after that, there was a great fire. 
But then we are told that the Lord was in neither of these things. And after that, there was a still small voice. Because what that earthquake and the fire could not do, that still small voice of God did. What did it do? That still small voice of God touched Elijah's heart. So you can get riled up and you can get your adrenaline flowing when it's thundering and when it's lightning and you hear the, the earth moving and the, and the sea roaring and, and it, 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 will, it will heighten all of your, your senses and all of your faculties and all of that. While all of that's going on, you just need to tune all of those circumstances out and listen for the still, small voice of God. Because it is that still, small voice that will touch your heart, bring peace to your soul, tell you what to do next, even in the midst of terrible situations and circumstances. Hallelujah. And all of that that was going on. Elijah needed to hear that still small voice of God. He needed to know in his life that God wasn't interested in that great striking things that would impress men. We need to know in our lives that God is not interested in, 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 in grandiose, great striking things that impress men in our lives. It's wonderful to have things. It's wonderful to have the anointing. It's wonderful to be able to get a prayer through. It's wonderful for all of this. But you know what? Most of the time, those things don't impress men. God is interested in working in men's hearts. That's the key for all of us. Elijah was a man. He had, he had seen so many, many great things. He was used to the remarkable. He was used to the powerful. He was used to those astounding things. But after all, who else, as the scripture tells us, was fed by ravens? It was Elijah, the man of God. Who else saw God feed three people with a barrel and a jug of oil that never ran out? It was Elijah, the man of God. Hallelujah. Who else had seen God raise somebody from the dead? It was nobody else but Elijah. Who else had rebuked the king and ever lived? Elijah did. Who else had defied 450 Baal prophets and prayed fire down from heaven that killed those prophets? Elijah, the man of God, did. So Elijah was used to the spectacular. But God wanted to teach him that it was God's work in his heart of individuals that was going to be important. Lord, you send the power in it so that I can, you know, lay this one out, uh, not in a negative, not in a profane way, but I could stretch this one out over here and stretch that one out because you know what they did to me. You know what that one did to me. And Lord, I just need you to move. What we need to be asking God is Lord continue to work in my heart. Yes. If there's anything within my heart that would be limiting you yes. from doing what you need to do in my life, Lord, yes. Yes. take out this stony heart. Give me a heart of flesh. Give me a heart that can feel. Give me a heart that's open to receiving more from you. Give me a hearing ear so that I can hear more of what your spirit has to say to you. Yes. Say to me. 
It is, people of God, the power of God. Yes. Hallelujah. That should be working in our hearts. I believe that the number one way God speaks to us is in that still, small voice. He can yell and he can do things in a mighty, spectacular way. But the real nature of God, people of God, is a still, small voice. If we're not careful, all of us can let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things to enter in and cause us to miss God, to miss what he has to say to us, to miss that still, small voice. Again, in Psalm 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. So here's a little secret I'm going to let you in on today, and I'm going to say it in a still, small voice. The way to know God is to be still. And the way to be still is to know God. Do I need to say it again? Everybody got it? Okay. But most of our lifestyles are not conducive to having a relationship with God. I say that because all of us, we, we tend to cram our lives full of stuff. And we never have any downtime in our lives. We never have a time when our minds are free to be led by God. And that limits what God can do in our lives. As your question, have you ever watched the sunrise or the sunset? When you ever look at those things, both of them are tremendous testimony of the awesomeness of our God. Well, we could miss that and not appreciate the sunrise and the sunset and how awesome God is to send those things and show those things to us. It just shows the power of God. But I've got some breaking news for all of us here today. God is always constantly speaking to all of us. But we are too busy to hear him. So people of God, don't let your lifestyle choke what God wants to do for you in your life. Spend time being still and letting God speak to you. I love this. Jesus separated himself and he separated his disciples. And he told them to come apart and rest a while. You'll find that in Mark chapter 6 verse 31. When he told them to, to, uh, to come apart and to rest a while, then Jesus himself, he went into the desert to rest. But it was an interesting thing because Jesus recognized that he had to get away and he had to be still so that he could hear from God, so that he could hear from his father that still small voice. But because of Jesus and because of who he is, he, he was then and because of who he is now, when he went into the desert to get some rest, the crowds followed him around. They followed him around that lake and they wouldn't let him rest. One of the amazing things uh, that we see in our house is when Pastor Dora just has to take a few minutes to go take care of some personal things that she needs to do through the course of the day when the children are quiet and all of that. And before you know it, here come the kids looking for her. Well, what do you need? I have something to tell you. 
Well, what is it that you have to tell me? Well, uh, and then they're trying to think of something they have to say. It's amazing when you're popular. You've always got crowds following you. Heads past the door, and her posse is never too far behind. So when Jesus went into the desert, the rest, those crowds followed him. So he stayed up all night, and he began to pray. He prayed because Jesus knew that he needed to recharge his spiritual batteries by communing with this heavenly father, God. Hallelujah. I think we, as children of the most high God, need to charge our spiritual batteries by communing with our heavenly father, God, as well. Communing with his father was more important to Jesus, to him, than it was to sleep. Mm. So if our Lord needed to separate himself, to come apart and rest a while and if Jesus told his disciples to rest a while then don't you think we need to follow his example and do the same thing thank you for listening to today's message if you would like to support this ministry consider giving online text keyword rwolfc to 77977 or through our free app search rwolfc in the app store for more information visit www.rwolfc.com for articles blog posts message references and our monthly calendar of events 